0: that we take in the mesh yoga pants and the charcoal lemonades. It's about resilience. It's about gratitude. It is about being of service to others. And it's about being fucking real. And if you can't be real, how could you ever be well?
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Almost 30 podcast. You caught us.
2: <laughs>
1: you caught us.
2: You caught us slipping.
1: M- mid-afternoon slip. Not really a slip. We're just kind of going with the flow. We thought actually it would be cute to make it sound like Chris and I were just calling each other like on our room phones.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're just trying to mix it up. We were in the car a lot today. We were... We were real busy today, so I did not want to drive over onto the east side of LA. I just wanted to relax.
1: I wish you guys could see Chris's headset. It's actually what I dreamed of having when I was like 14 and had my own room phone.
2: Yeah, I have a headset and I'm just stretching on the ground.
1: I'm <laughs> I stretching to in the clam position.
2: <laughs> yeah, my little pussy on the ground. Tell me about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going rogue over there in Venice.
2: No. This Someone, is what I do every night. Justin's like, please, will you just cuddle and watch TV with me? And I'm like on the ground and like a pretzel. I'm just like, like no. oh, my hip flexors. Ask him to help, help you stretch. That's sexy. I, I do. And he like tries for one second. Oh, cool. He's like, thro- he like pushes it back and he's like, okay, I'm done.
1: Whenever like a guy's like, oh, okay, I'll give you a massage. I'm like- They blow at it literally. I'm like, okay, and then I turn away and like roll my eyes. I'm like, it's not gonna be good.
2: And they try for one (laughs) second. They're like, sure, here you go. And you're like, is this enough? That's not trying. (laughs) Yeah, like you
1: suck at that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Uh, what are you stretching from that Tracy Anderson girl? Yeah, guys went to the TA. Went to the TA. Give us your honest review or do you not want to? Um, let's,
2: you know, let's just say that inside. I didn't feel like... If you're a normal human and you want to feel large and in charge, <laughs> step step a foot into TA Studio and you'll feel large and in fucking charge. My thing was that, you know, I think it's a great workout. I think it works, whatever. But I did, my instructor looked at a fucking sheet the whole thing, the whole time, and didn't introduce herself or make eye contact with anyone. Mm, so no matter, the, no matter the class that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. Group fitness. It's all about like group energy and engaging and like... Yeah.
2: And just and like say hi. Having, like... like yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? I'm like... And I didn't really... But I went with Jenna Zoe. So that was really fun. Human design. You guys design. remember Jenna Zoe? Human From design. the human design episode? Get your human design chart or do your human design chart reading with her. Change my life. Honestly, the best. Oh, and another thing. Natalie Miles... The intuitive. You guys should also see her. We saw her. She's going to be on the podcast, but that changed my life too. Truly. It changed everything. I've what do been, you think was the most impactful thing she
1: said to you? The most impactful thing she said to me was um, and something that I've known the fact that you're not writing is blocking you from more than just opportunity, like mm. monetary opportunity. It is blocking you in so many other ways. You need mm. writing. So that's why I'm like making shifts in my other areas of work mm-hmm. to make more time mm-hmm. for writing mm-hmm. and for the podcast and for just, just creating more space. I think we get so caught up in like, well, I need to make this much money and I need to be doing this, these, this many things because I went to school for this, that, and the other thing. It's like, I don't know. I, I have a very clear idea of like what I want to do and what I'm good at. And I need to be making more time for those things and stop worrying about like, you know... <laughs> paying bills I think it'll fall into place like mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean like I think we just worry too much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100% I know I never thought the fear was so real until I was like
2: sitting there today I was talking to my sister and I was like I'm so scared mm-hmm. to I, I don't think that I am mm. but I am very scared to jump in
1: we're talking about jumping in kind of full time we're, we're yes uh, I uh, uh, guess
2: yeah, I guess I we're gonna dance this, around
1: it. Yeah. We're we're making this public. We're you know, we want to make almost 30. You, as you guys know, we hustle on many other things. Yeah. Jobs, all of that. So, um yeah, we're making this and it's just it's it's like a little like it's scary, man. Pres- it's a life preserver, those little things. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we got to make the jump and we will. We will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Times coming. And I think it's good that it's scary. Mm -hmm. just weird
2: because I don't I see myself as like kind of like a I don't really have a lot of fear but I'm like oh this is like a fear I'm like this is interesting it's like a fear that I have
1: Mm. you know I'll keep you posted if you see us under the bridge you'll know
2: yeah literally
1: (laughs) please send money to me (laughs) we'll be living instead of like flying to our our cities we'll be just walking (laughs) We're going on tour, guys. We're
2: yeah, so,
0: there.
2: Yeah, yeah, literally. We're going on tour, but it's actually we're homeless and we don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> so it's kind of a tour, it's kind of like yeah, we're kind of hitchhikers. It's like a little mix of both, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like selling our body to get from city to city. But you know, whatever.
1: We can you gotta still do it. Our phone bill, we'll uh, Insta story it. You'll be able to see it all. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. So yeah, we're going on tour, guys, and uh, we're coming to San Francisco, Boston, New York. Chicago, Toronto, Austin, Dallas. As of now, we're adding more cities. We're adding more cities. So the fall, so stay tuned for that.
2: You know, I think something too. So like a lot of our listeners that we talk to, like anytime you DM us or, you know, whatever, like we both respond and like have full conversations. I have conversations with like every single one of you. It is hard if you're not in a major city. Like I definitely recognize and respect that. And I don't want to, you know, I just, I know that's so hard and I don't want you to think that like we don't, you know, you're not important and that we don't think about you because we think about you every time we do anything, you know? So I know that's really hard and I just want to like recognize that.
1: So um, our dream would be to, I mean, you think we're kidding, like being actually on the ground, like in like movie, that would be a dream to be coming to, you know, your town because yeah. you know you're doing something special and and we would love to just meet all of you so that is also kind of a vision of ours that hopefully will happen sometime in the near future but let us know if you're in or around those cities and yep you know we'd love I to. had a funny
2: thing like written in a note that I wanted to talk about on the podcast na na that's our tour song
1: na <laughs> Back in black?
2: I think so. Is it right? easy?
1: Yeah, I think so. I believe I heard that out of
2: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a beatboxer. Right.
1: <laughs>
2: Anyways, yeah, I don't have it.
1: All right, well, next time. We're about to record 85 more intros. So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, so today on the podcast, guys, we're super, super excited. We have Candace Kumai.
2: Oh, sweet angel, Candace. So, yeah. Candace is another one. She's the real deal. Like, came over to Lindsay's and I on Sunday afternoon, brought us the most amazing cookies.
1: How quickly did you
2: finish yours? Cause my I, I forced Justin to eat one. I was like, we fucking eat one. He's yeah. like, sure. Like, I'll, I'll probably eat it later. I'm like, no, you got to eat it now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you understand. There's like a pro. There's like a five-minute window here that I really need your support on, and I yeah. really need you to eat this cookie. or I'm going to cover it and catch up. I think I
1: threw mine over the fence. One of them.
2: <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're yeah, literally. I was like, oh, I've, cool. I've had four. You need to do that. Like sometimes you just need to chuck. You're like,
1: oh gosh! <laughs> literally, or just dunk it in water. You water know?
2: is not. Will not stop me. Water. That's a. That just helps. You know, helps get it to go down.
1: down. Oh,
2: yeah, on. that's just pre digestive, like <laughs> pre digestive chatter. Um, but anyway, so Candace is the best, she is so sweet, she is funny, she is fun, she's engaging. I felt like we were hanging out with another one of our girlfriends. Um, we uh, got to go to her pre lunch book party with her and had so much fun with her. And I actually saw her
1: working out like a few days later. She's so hot. She's so hot. She's an internationally renowned wellness writer, chef, mm-hmm. and content creator. Um, she was described by Elle magazine as the golden girl of the wellness world, and you know it's just very holistic how she looks at wellness. And her new book Kinsugi is beautiful. Kinsugi Wellness. It's stunning, an homage to her heritage. She's Japanese American. I just think it's something so different and such a different take on how to approach wellness.
2: I felt like it's so fresh. Like I've never, I love Japanese culture. Like I think it's so fascinating and so cool. Justin actually is like, it's, he's very interesting. Like he has his like little things and he's always loved Japanese culture, like Japanese style, Japanese art, Japanese like movies. He's like very into it. So I've always loved it too. And I love how she integrated her culture and her heritage into this amazing book to take to take parts of it and apply them to wellness that we can all understand and all digest. So it's different, it's unique. I've never heard of anyone doing that. And I really, really love that um, she's able to do that in that book.
1: Yeah, I agree. So we, we get into it, not only about health and wellness, but we talk about like love and relationships, about social media. We talk about her family, just lots of different transitional times in her life that she was um, really honest about. And I know you guys will be able to relate
2: yes Um, and so in this episode we did talk about the book we talked about her journey to where she is today we kind of you know we go everywhere in this so her career is super multifaceted and dynamic so we touch on a lot of those different places we talk about you know when things got hard what she did we talk about like haters we talk about um What it takes to get where she is, and how you never, you know, even if you seem so established like she is, she's accomplished so much. Sometimes it's hard to see that, you know, when you're kind of in it in the day to day. Um, But we're really excited to introduce you to her and then also to um, check out our Instagram because we have a giveaway happening with some of her books that are signed.
1: Yeah. So stay tuned for that. You can go to CandiceKumai.com C A N B I C E K U M A. AI.com. Get her book and learn more about Candice. So enjoy, guys. Thanks so much Mm -hmm. for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. If you love this episode or any other episode, share with your friends. Yes. Share
2: with your friends. Check out our Instagram for information on how to win one of her books. I think we have three or four copies. So Mm -hmm. there's a great chance you could win.
1: Yeah. So we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Yeah. Chris is famous for exfoliating her lips on the microphone. That's why we give her only that mic. Yeah, I only Christy, get that. That's got crust yours. On it. Oh my god, stop.
0: I'm gonna rub my cystic acne <laughs> right <on>. now. Terrible. <laughs> exploit my cystic acne. <laughs> Quiet. We can talk about that too. I know. I have a story for everything. Yeah. Yeah. About acne? Did you ever know? We're on, it? by yes. the way. We yes. just roll in. Yes. We roll in. Um, so when did you have acne? That was a, uh, well, we shouldn't start with this because this is like not fabulous. It's funny. <laughs> you should wait till you hear the intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'll tell you about how I stopped. How'd it, you stop it? Mainly by not eating a ton of sugar anymore. Mm, yeah, it was amazing. Course. It's usually women get it because they um, they took birth control and they stopped mm-hmm. taking it. Mm-hmm. And it's called an acneic eruption and nobody talks about it. We were shooting like in HD when it happened to me and it was, an issue. It was a cycle of like oh, covering it up yeah. and totally don't come to this. Close might be what me. mine is right
1: now because I went off birth control in December, but I was cool for a little bit, yeah. And it might be coming up, yeah.
0: I don't know what the hell.
1: Mm-hmm. Mine is
0: real. Bad. We can talk about it. It's painful too, right? Sometimes yeah. it, they actually, oh, hurt. yeah, yeah, painful to look at. Well, no, you bo- are both stunning. I think you have to remember that it will pass, like, yeah, everything else. It will pass, it yeah. will pass. Uh, time is like the ultimate healer. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that like a mm-hmm. fucking wellness <laughs> <laughs>
2: but Like an old sage. But it's true. It's, true. it's yeah. so
0: true. We'll talk about that because
1: I know there's a lot of examples of that in your journey, but we're so excited to have you here. Mm-hmm. Um, This has been a long time coming. Our mutual friend, James Higa, just could not say enough about you and your journey and like how he's seen you grow and the uh, things that you've had to overcome in order to bring this baby into the world, this new book, and I'm just so excited to mm-hmm. dig in with you because you're just so real. Like yeah, in are. this wellness space, you have so many facets. Like yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> this wellness space is like, saturated, and it is hard as fuck to like yeah. stand out. Right. Right. Stand out in an authentic way and like you're doing it. So I'm just like, I'm pumped.
2: How do you have so many facets though? It's like chef, top chef, model, (laughs) Japanese American, you know what I mean? On TV, always an author, like wellness, fitness. It's like crazy.
0: I love you guys. You too. It's here every day. We We're will amazing. tell you this coming every day. Coming to pods is like a fucking revelation coming from TV it's and been- magazines and publishing and mm-hmm. books. Oh yeah. Don't you want to Because all they did was tear me down into yeah. a little girl How and so? not let me be me. For yeah. my entire career. Wow. And then when I started writing, I was like, well, this is the way that I'm able to express myself freely and openly. Mm. And if some motherfucker wants to judge me on Instagram, <laughs> go for it. Like yeah. be my guest. Fuck yeah. Because it happens, yeah. it's gonna happen. And the a bigger your audience gets, I've also learned the haters are gonna come out of the woodwork and they're little troll holes and they're gonna like come after you.
2: What do you do about them?
0: So, well- you try to ignore them, number one, and just you try to come to the realization internally mm. with one soul and spirit, like that this is part of the process. And you just have to trust that you can't let these people bother you because that's what they want. So you have yeah. to like, there's a term in my, book, my work and books now that I use called Gamon, and it's with great resilience. And so what you do is you really have to put on And just channel the positive people just like you two who've praised your work. Like I was saying, old school media, TV books, mags, all that. So Mm -hmm. for so long, uh, they wouldn't let me be attractive. They didn't want me to be thin. They didn't want me to be feminine. I wasn't really allowed to ever be myself. And it's like, you can't, I couldn't tell either of you to not be hot and fun and young Mm -hmm. and sexy. Because that is who you are. Mm. But at the same time, they did that to me and they put me in clothing that was baggy. My hair always had to be up on cook yourself thin. I wasn't allowed to wear a ton of makeup on that show. And my hair was always like in a high pony with baggy clothes. And I mean, that kind of fucked up with my head. Yeah. For, I don't know. Cause somebody at the network was insecure about me. And that means that they were insecure. Wow. So coming into my own now, after being in media for so long, I've realized a lot of this shit was never about me to begin with. Yeah. It was about other people's fears and insecurities. For instance, some of the networks that I work with still to this day won't overhaul their talent. They won't let anybody new in because they're so fucking afraid of change. And so I love podcasts and I love both of you, Lindsay, like Krista, because it's like the... What you're doing is so real. Like we're, I always laugh, like Mm. we're all so poor that we have to podcast now to like let our voices be heard. Mm. And why not slang rocks and show people what you're made of and do it the sort of like coming full circle, right? It's Mm. like the way radio once was back in the day is Mm. what podcasting is now. And it's you both allowing the freedom of you and who you truly are to shine whether mainstream media wants it or not. Mm -hmm. They can go fuck themselves now for all I care because I'm not gonna hide who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. And thank you- For saying that, Krista, somebody called (laughs) me a multifaceted hustler the other day, (laughs) a quote unquote that my agents fell in love with because they're like, it's actually pretty damn true. Mm. And what we learned from that in monetizing social and starting like blogs and podcasts and trying to actually survive off of them is that you can't be a one trick pony ever. Ever. So you got to figure out a way to be good at many Mm -hmm. things. And what you truly need is just time a lot of patience and you need to work on your craft. So I always knew that I was really good at cooking and I was denying my Japanese heritage for so long because I was trying to fit in because clean eating was the cool fucking Mm -hmm, thing. You know, like 10 years ago when we pioneered that space, Mm -hmm. it meant a lot of pounding on the pavement when people weren't paying attention. And then all of a sudden when wellness like blew up, I was like, I don't even want to be a part of this Mm. because y'all are like not real. And if if you're going to choose to, you know, party or do drugs or go out, that's fine. But like, don't act like you're fucking holier than thou. I, I know people that like hide that stuff from people. And I'm like, dude.
1: That's the sh- way to connect. How do you Absolutely. expect? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So truly this is going to be, The best hour ever because that's true.
2: (laughs) We do know that's true. Enough about us, though. (laughs) Enough about us. (laughs) But I completely agree with you. I think the paradigm is shifting, and people
0: old Mm. traditional
2: media is mainly led by men and has this like old. It's just like like I look at TV now and I like laugh at TV. I'm like we
0: all roll our eyes. That's crazy. (laughs) I'm like
2: I feel bad for you. Like you're not. You're not with it. You know I what I mean? I get you,
0: girl, I feel you. And that's why this weird magnetic energy mm. connects all of us and has forever. Yeah. It would be really interesting to actually see how many mutual friends we have internally, mm-hmm. even though I live out in New York now and you guys are in Cali. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't matter, like our mutual friends in San Francisco. Like, I know. And, yeah. and we didn't even know that until this morning. And it's so bizarre that you guys reached out to me at the beginning when I was like, oh, I'm not ready to do pods mm-hmm. yet. I didn't realize even the value of how much you guys were going to back me compared to mainstream media. And you're absolutely right. I am so over. Mainstream mainstream media needs someone else to validate you first. They will
2: not validate you first. They need someone else to validate you first. Like, oh, she's been on this show. She's been on this show. Then we'll have her.
0: But podcasts, it's like, no, we want you on. Mm. So let's have you on. It's, It's amazing that you guys... You just get it, and I think that's another reason why you'll be at the forefront of your generation, and you'll be able to lead a pack, and all you're doing is sharing your voice and your opinions and your thoughts freely and openly, and that's what... America was built on. Mm -hmm. When my mother came to this country, she said she could not believe, she married my father who was in the US military. Mm -hmm. And she said she could not believe the use of free speech in the US that people would just get up and and Mm -hmm. say their opinions. Mm -hmm. Because we remember now that the Japanese culture is very group. They want you to fit in like a grain of rice in a bowl. Mm -hmm. And the more you fit in, the better. And if you try to stand out, they actually shun that in the culture. Mm -hmm. So being Japanese American, which is, it's so bizarre because that's how James Higa and I met was we're both on the Japanese American uh, US Japan Council board. And I met him out in Hawaii many years ago. and And I spoke about being a child of war. And how war is what brought my mother and father together. Mm. Ironically, he was drafted into the U.S. Navy, not by choice. And he's pretty pretty smart where he said, he's like, well, if you didn't want to get slayed, you know, you joined the U.S. Navy. <laughs> <laughs> so you were like away yeah, from the action. Wow. And mom was a Japanese mm-hmm. school teacher in Tokyo. Wow, And they were at this... Uh, Buddhist temple, Kamakura. It's very famous. Mm-hmm. And I want you both to go there one day. So they show up there both at the same time and same place. My dad's with his sailor friends. My mom's like, I was just wanting to practice my English. With them. <laughs> and I was like, did you think dad was cute? And she goes, yeah, kind of cute. <laughs> like did he was so handsome and she was so beautiful. And they essentially both said like, My religion is bullshit. So is yours because love conquers all. Mm. My mom's still Buddhist. He's still Christian, but they're both pretty good at practicing their religions and keeping them separate. And yet they allow my sister and I both to freely speak and do and be what we want. Mm. And I always think about how brave my mother was Mm -hmm. like coming to the U S to marry an American guy Mm -hmm. and, to start a life here first in Connecticut, then Arizona, they had my sister Jenny and then they had me in San Diego, which Mm. is where they stayed. But if we want to talk about um, real wellness Mm -hmm. and where real sort of bravery and multitasking Mm -hmm. facets come in, it all stems from where you came from and what you learned as a child. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, your parents are the greatest storytellers and the greatest teachers in depicting where you're going to end up later on in life. Mm -hmm. I hope
2: not, honey. (laughs) 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 I hope not. (laughs) Krista
1: Krista defies it. (laughs) I'm literally
2: talking, I'm like,
1: Mm -mm.
0: Well, (laughs) I'm like, I love you. Mm -mm." But Krista, you're totally going to like, you'll feel Mm -hmm. these little parts of them. As I say in Kintsugi Wellness, Japanese children, they say this is a tome. Children watch what their parents oh, do, yes. not by what they say. They yeah. learn all by what they do. Yeah, of course. So it's true. Like yes. there's, there's certain things- There's you, gonna be traits that absolutely. I think- know no, there is
2: a lot that I take yeah. on and that mm-hmm. I do.
0: And you like know what? If you're gonna be that generation that has to fight against like not- like you wanna learn and break the cycle. I commend you because mm-hmm. that's one of the hardest things to do yeah. is to break mm-hmm. the cycle. Yeah,
2: yeah, because yeah, it's when you're in the womb, you know, you're getting all the anxieties and pains of your mother and it's kind of just like, then it comes through, yeah. but yes, I completely
0: agree.
1: Can you talk to us about like your upbringing? Mm-hmm. Like what that yeah. was like? Sure. I got mom. Use oh, your
0: mom's. do you your mom's voice the every voice. time. Yes. Having a mic is a gift. Isn't it, fun? Isn't
2: it fun? People are like, I hate hearing my voice. I'm like, I oh. love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: like, I love to hear me talk. Every day. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So when we were growing up, um, it was San Diego. It was predominantly white. Mm. So what I write about in the first or second chapter, which is based off of Wabi Sabi, which is, perfectly imperfect celebration the japanese really truly love objects that are imperfect but that goes for a metaphor to who you are as a person as well because i mean sure i have a secret crush on somebody right now and and i think he's kind of too fabulous and then Mm -hmm. i'm like wait there's got to be something about him that's not Mm -hmm. like absolutely perfect yeah Yeah. have yet to like learn a like Mm -hmm. a ton yet but i I think that's what makes people pretty fascinating. Mm. So in the Wabi Sabi chapter, I write about how I look different. I was raised by immigrant parents. We ate different foods. We grew up like in a totally different mixed culture home. But I always, at the end of the day, really liked who I was. Like I was funny. Mm. I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I loved being active. In preschool, they were like, you better get your kid into sports right now. Mm. So my mom was like, okay, we... Bring you to soccer because you are so active and crazy.
2: So (laughs) We let you loose on the field. Oh yeah,
0: we are going to watch you play. And your father, he comes to every game. (laughs) And he really did. He was such a good dad. He never missed one game in my entire life. And I played up until high school, double A soccer. And soccer taught me how to be a team player, but it also showed me because I was a right forward Mm -hmm. that I was a boss like at an early age. And I didn't I didn't want that to really come out um because I I got teased when I was little for being Japanese and I didn't know why. And I also grew up with the name Candace Kumai Gwzdowski. So people knew that my parents were mixed, mm. which wasn't that common back in like the eighties and nineties in yeah. San Diego. So um the tough part was the teasing stays with you for a really long time. And it happened in junior high and high school also. And then in college at Long Beach State, I met other girls that looked like me. And I was like, wow, you guys are fucking hot. Mm. Like, I get it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like Hawaiian so, traffic yeah. models.
0: You're like. <laughs> oh my God. So, did you, like, what did people make fun of you and say? Well, you know, they teased me and said like, like, They would use, excuse me for saying this, but like chink or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not even Chinese, but okay. Mm. And I know other girls Mm. and boys listening are gonna relate to this. Like they, if you were like Mm. Latino, you might be called, you know, a yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna say all the slurs, but growing up, I watched other kids tease like the ethnic kids, and I was like, damn, that is learned. It's 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 heavy, right? Yeah. And it's like my sister, I remember she told me she got pushed off a slide once and was called like flat face or something. And I, and I was like, God, kids are so nasty. Wow,
2: kids are fucking evil.
0: They're really mean. And they some of them carry it with them. And then when I got older, my friends were like, we don't even notice that you're different. like you. But they also fell in love with my mom. And I've been going to Japan since kindergarten. So there was this really big place in my heart for my bachan. And as you guys flip through the book, you'll see pictures of me as a kid Mm -hmm. with my grandparents. And you'll find in no way possible, would you not be able to fall in love with this story? Because Mm. I wrote this book to change lives. So once I was in high school, I was pretty social and I ran for like vice president and things like that and played volleyball and I think I dated the quarterback or, or whatever at one dated point. Every quarterback, yeah, uh, and, and really like amazing. pretty typical, but but always just had more fun. Like wasn't really the girl that always had to have a boyfriend. Like really enjoyed single life. Mm-hmm. And then if my friends ever had a word to describe me, it's like she's just seriously the the best time ever. Mm-hmm. Like Candace is just fun. And um and then if you fast forward to college, um I won it. I was like I'm just gonna speak in interpersonal and organizational communications because I could go to the comm class like hungover and give the best speech out of the whole class. (laughs) And then (laughs) after that, I took a year off to just model all over the world. And it was predominantly fit modeling and print modeling. And then, how'd you um, get discovered? Sorry, um, that was. I'm still waiting, so I just want to see if our stories will talk. I'll give you. There's a lot of agents around here. Krista will set you up after this. There's a lot of agencies around here. I know. So um, my measurements met what a fit model Hmm. typically is, Mm -hmm. and in college, one of my girlfriends, Natasha, was a big fit model. And she, we all like substituted for each other or like if somebody looked like they had a great shape, we all, it was like a sisterhood wanted to help each other out. Did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we gave each other like jobs Mm -hmm. and my best friend, Steph and I would sub for each other. And it was really hard to leave that industry because it is extremely lucrative. (laughs) It is extremely flex and is extremely like, Low key, like you don't have to really do much except stay the same size. When I decided to go to culinary school was when everything shifted. I had to stay the same size and fit model in order to pay for culinary school because my mom said, you can cook for your friends, but you are not going to cook for a living, okay? (laughs) And it was when I was like 21 or 22, I told her, I was like, I don't wanna just model anymore. This is so dumb. Even though I made tons of money, I was like- very, and I would yeah. I would stand there. I remember, like in my head, and dream about what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. my real life mm-hmm. while they were pinning. You know, it it could be a like I did everything could mainly you, swimwear. Okay, mm-hmm. so I did lots at like Calvin Klein, yeah. Nautica, um, like Hurley, Betsy Johnson. Was that New Yorker here? Or Roxy, all over. Southern California, Maseley. Okay. Yeah. Then I did oh. um, a ton of denim. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds like I we know. were in a cave. <laughs> 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 Look, I did tons of denim like out mm. in LA yeah. and then they flew me all over the world to do knits, wovens, and denim. And it was, it was interesting. It taught me how to be a hustler, taught me how to manage my money, wow. taught me how to fucking pioneer shit, be my own person. And it taught me how to be kind to people and how to work it because- mm. You were not Mm going to get clients if people didn't like you. At the end of the day, if you had the measurements and you were a piece of shit, you would not want to pin on you all day. Yeah. So they they liked personality, which is where it always comes in handy to be a good person. Uh And at the end of the day, after writing this book, I think you'll see um, through Kintsugi gaman, Wabi Sabi, um, Kiyotsukete, Gambate, all the Japanese practices that mean different things you'll start to see these little flickers of what my mother taught me and my sister while growing up. Mm. And when I wrote this book, it was after the most traumatic breakup I've ever had. Uh, All of it came out onto the pages. Mm -hmm. Like it was almost like my entire life had washed over. And Mm. and it was like, it's okay to start over and shift into what you believe is Mm -hmm. real now because there are a lot of fakes out there and you got to watch out. But back to the story Um, after fit modeling and modeling, I started to figure out that I really loved food and I enrolled myself into culinary school on my own at La Cordon Bleu California School of Culinary Arts in Pasadena. I checked out the CIA in New York, but it was too far from my modeling clients. And in order to monetize culinary school and keep the money going, I had to stay in LA. Mm -hmm. So I moved up to Pasadena on my own. I had two little cats I remember and Mm -hmm. and my friends would come visit me there. My parents would visit. And I paid my way through and um, when I graduated or right before, sorry, right before the end of school, a top chef called and they were like, hey, we want you to be on the first season of our show.
1: How'd they know about
0: you? Well, I was taking an intro to class on meats and I remember crumpling up the piece of paper after studying for the test and flipping it over and I was like, what's this? And it was Bravo's logo and it said from the producers of, of Project Runway comes top chef and it was... Nobody knew what it was. And I read it and I was like, this is fucking weird. And I was like, should I go to the casting to my friends? And they're like, hell yeah, you gotta go. So that's what happened. That's how it started. And Randy and Danielle who casted the first few seasons we're like, oh, girl, you are a shoe in. I was gonna say. Well, you know what? At the time, who knew? Who I know. Fucking knew. Who? knew? Who yeah, knew? That's true. It's it's so that's true. true. Like we were all a bunch of nobodies, mm-hmm. and we all were stuck in a house together in San Francisco. I, think I remember you. They were crazy. Yeah. I what, called that guy a douchebag because he was. You did. Yeah, he was. How'd douche. you get off? What happened? Um, I it was a. Didn't I think it was a gnocchi? challenge for? Gnocchi's always hard. No, <laughs> I think it was a quiche. People really. He Fail it quiche, 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 quiche. not fabulous. Hard to get it fluffy. <sighs> I mean, it was in a microwave. That was the challenge. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, 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 <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on an RV. Fucking gotta quiche. cook it with a
0: microwave. <laughs> quiche. I had Dang, to get that's over that. Crazy. Yeah, but I wanted out like so bad because the people were really mean to me, and uh, I don't know. Because she's they've got issues.
1: Talented and pretty and determined and wants to actually like learn the skills. Oh,
0: and talk about Almost 30, my mom's favorite podcast title. Yes, huh? Um, Podcast period. Compliments of mom. Oh, I really like that name, Almost 30. So cute. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) we have to meet her. Will she be there on Saturday? We can do a
0: fake intro for her. I tried to invite them, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay. We'll come to them. Um, Yeah, we'll go to them. Yeah. So yeah, the commercial would go, Best pod ever, almost 30, endorsed by Candice Kumai's mother. I love it. So cute. Okay, so the, <laughs> so Top Chef was a blur. Mm-hmm. I got out, thank God. I took more time, cooked on the line because Gail Simmons was actually really lovely to me and was like, Candice, I need you to go work on the line now. So I cooked at Roy's um, in downtown LA yeah, and at the Laguna Beach, Ritz Carlton. And I really like, I did work production for a mm-hmm. while, and I made no money. and I was like, "This is so this isn't happening. And so it's I started writing and developing recipes. And then before you knew it, mm-hmm. I was a host at HSN, so I got cast to move over to Florida and start hosting at twenty five. So Top Chef was 23, Struggling was like 24, 25. I finally get this gig at HSN. And at the same time, months later, Lifetime calls and they're like, we want you to be a host on this new show. So come out for it. I flew from Florida to New York and started testing for a new Lifetime series, Cook Yourself Thin, And then they had me on the show and then they took me off the show for nine months and I went like, I lost my mind because at 25, when you you get a gig and then you lose it, somebody was insecure at the network and they were like, this girl's too thin and too pretty and too cool to be on our network. Yep. My agent was dying when he had to read those notes. What's the title of the show? Cook yourself in. Girl, (laughs) you and me both. And this is a true story. Like my ex and I were big surfers. So at the time we were dating and we went to Tonga to try to forget about it. And we were in like a grass hut and I've got like sunscreen on my face, like bikinis everywhere, like a surfboard in my hand. And my agent, Joe Labraccio at the time called and he's like, Candice, he's like, you're not gonna believe this, but- they want you back on the show and you need to be back in New York in two days. And I was like, Joe, this is not funny. I'm here trying to get over the rejection at Mm -hmm. 25 of not being on this series. And he's like, Candace, I'm not joking. They said they made a horrible mistake. And so I had to throw all my bikinis and all that shit back in the suitcase, reroute through New Zealand all the way back to LA. Throw like coats and you get you know, to New pants. York, you're like, all yeah. I have is
2: bikinis. I was, <laughs> like, I when know. I
0: landed there, everybody on set was like, dude, Candace, you look like you just came from Tonga. I was like, I, I did.
2: Okay, you're like, am Bye. I too attractive? Now? No,
0: no, I just, I was like, it, Tanned, it looked like, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And it looked like I was so like on another island forever. So they, what TV does, and I, I also got a pilot on Food Network after that, and they did the same thing. They strung me along for nine months unpaid. And at the end of the day, they ran my tape up to the top at Food Network and they said, she's just too green. I, we really love her, but she's just too green. And they never gave me a series, which is seriously, in anyone's opinion, including all like 10 of my agents at WME IMG, a crock of shit. Because everybody knows I could have run the best food show at 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. I could have have started a whole new wave of viewership and leadership with women and young women and Asian women and women of color. And they chose not to, which is great because you know what? I was ruined after that happened. I remember like coming back to my ex-boyfriend, That, you know, you start seeing your exes when you're in those sad places. And Mm -hmm. he was like, I'm really sorry this happened. But he's like, "Candace, I've never seen you like so low. And because I never got that that, um, regular series, my head of casting at the time, this amazing woman, Beth Burke came to me and she goes, I know who you are and I know what you're capable of. Now keep writing and prove everybody wrong. Mm. And this is like at a point, a low point where I had a breakup with that surfer boyfriend mm-hmm. and moved back to Southern California. Surfer
2: boyfriends never last.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is kind of true. Mm-hmm. He's too bro. Yeah. Um, but like we had a great time, but at the same time, definitely not meant to be. So I'm like, like at my parents now, 26, 27, writing a book called Pretty Delicious after Cook Yourself Then came out and hit the New York Times bestseller list for 30 days In 2007, I believe it was. So there were little snippets of success, wild success that you would see, but remember they were not consistent and they were not like, it wasn't easy for me. I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Everything that I ever had to go through was because of what we call "gambate" in Japanese is an anthem for Mm -hmm. always do your best, always Mm -hmm. give them your Mm best. And I just remembered never ever giving somebody a half-assed job on anything. Mm. My first book agent told me, you won't get a book, Candice, until you have your own show, sorry. Then I called him, I'm like, hey Kirby, my co-hosts on Cook Yourself Thin both got book deals. And he's like, well, then you're gonna get a book deal. And then he brought me, so remember if people tell you no, or they pass on you, You can prove them wrong, number one. Number two, you can definitely go back and say, here's why I should be writing a book. And you can definitely shift your own paradigm by putting it out there and saying, I know I can do this. I need you to just fucking believe in me. Mm -hmm. And that little fire inside of me that came from my Japanese mother and my Polish American, like super grit, hardworking father kept shining because you can't dim somebody's light when you see it. So then um, I write Pretty Delicious. It does pretty well, I'm with Rodale. I move on and I start writing the Clean Green Drinks, Clean Green Eats books, uh, Cook Yourself Sexy. That one I try to leave out because the title is terrible. (laughs) Oh no, honey. (laughs) And then I'm with everybody at this point. So that's Random House, that's Rodale, that's Hyperion. Um, And now I'm with HarperCollins proudly. How do you get around book places? Like what happens? Well, everybody gets a different deal at different times, and everybody's. And they reach out to you. Contract? No, I mean I have a literary agent, okay. so I've gone through. I've three. I've had three in the past, mm, yeah. and my current literary agent, Eve Vatterman, is amazing. And I love Kirby too. He was like a bro. He was one of the first agents that was really hard on me. Actually, he was Korean. He was born and raised um, in Korea and came over here with his single mother, and he really reminded Mm. me of how special it was to be Asian, which I want everybody to know, I was not proud to be Asian until the last few years of my career. I wish that I looked like you guys. I wish I looked like everyone else. And I always wanted to fit in. And I always felt insecure about being different and being a mixed kid. And it, it, it like, I can still feel like the tears in the back of my head right now as we're talking about this. It has been a fucking painful journey of mm, letting mm. people stop pigeonholing me and stop judging mm. me on the way that I look and start mm. looking at the content. And so modeling was great. And it was really nice that I looked different because I I was able to learn how to hustle and be a strong businesswoman. But then I started having these really iconic people like during, um, I judge on Iron Chef America, and I had a couple of different really high mm. high up like Chefs like Yan Can Cook would be like, can you are Japanese, you need to be proud. Because his mm. wife was Japanese and he understood the culture. Mm. Um, and then I had people that would like Al Roker became a mentor. Mm. Um, I started working with people like Ariana Huffington and I write for Girl Boss with Sophia yeah. Maruso and her team, and people like James Higa started showing up, and this wasn't coincidental. Mm. And even though, remember, Food Network passed on me. My first book agent told me I could never write books. I have six published books now. I've done it all on my own. I didn't need a fucking TV show or a network to back me. In fact, all those people can blank my blank because mm-hmm. they don't know. Kiss my ass it, if you guys well, didn't know. it's <laughs> probably something more, ina- <laughs> more inappropriate. Than yeah, that. But I'm trying to like hold back on the profanities because I've been... F- Like laying them out lately, Mm -hmm.
2: yo. Part of growing up that's great is cussing, and no one's telling you no. Yeah, I I was saying that the other day. I was like, "Oh, I was cussing," and I'm like, "Damn, no one's saying don't cuss to me. I'm cussing. I'm thirty and I'm cussing. Almost thirty. I'm
0: almost thirty and I'm cussing. (laughs) Hey, I'm proud of you, girl. Let it out. It's it's true. I mean, but also we
1: feel the passion. I mean, I feel like even just meeting you today. Like you feel the intensity of like what you've had to go through and grow through to get to where you are. I mean, and it's not fair. A lot of it isn't Oof, fair, but girl. I
0: mean- you wouldn't be where you are today if it was easy. And the men, you know, if we could just take a moment to commend mm-hmm. all the women who've made it over the last few years. Yeah. Every accolade on the back of the book is is by a female, by the way, there's Sophia, there's Ariana, there's the US Japan council head, Irene, mm-hmm. whose husband was a huge public figure, uh, believe the former governor of Hawaii also. Mm-hmm. And then I chose to put Michelle Pramiliko, my editor in chief at Cosmo on there. These are leading women. And this wasn't planned either. This was just how it rolled out. Mm -hmm. You will find other people that genuinely in a real way, not in a fake shitty way that will genuinely support you. And you need to support them wholeheartedly. You will show up to their events, You will show up with bells on, you will go out and buy their book. Mm -hmm, You will mm -hmm. write the pieces for their magazines for free. And you will put your head up high and put your best face on. And I'd like to think now that I'm like in my thirties, I look a thousand times better than I ever did in my twenties. And it's because I actually take better care of myself now. Mm -hmm. And I haven't chosen to settle down because number one, I haven't met the right guy. And although I've been dating a lot, I sort of took a break. Like Mm -hmm. actually really recently I was like, this book is so precious to me. Kintsugi Wellness is a baby that took three years to put together with my own mother and about 10 trips to Japan. I interviewed people that survived the war. I interviewed the elderly. I interviewed people that have been at the same job for 80 or almost 90 years or or not like- I know what you mean. You know what I mean, yeah. They're not, not 90 years, but like, okay. 70 years at the same job is probably more accurate, maybe a little more. Mm -hmm. I interviewed my grandmother's best friend, Shizuko, who's 96. I interviewed my family and I learned a lot about what it meant to to have real resilience and what real wellness was. Mm -hmm. And real wellness wasn't about what we look at now. Like, I hate to say this, but it's not about all the classes that we take and the mesh Mm -hmm. yoga pants and the charcoal lemonades. It's about resilience, it's about mm. gratitude, it is about being of service to others and it's about being fucking real. And if you can't be real, mm-hmm. how could you ever be well?
1: Of course. Love that. Well, I think it manifests itself in your body. You see it, if you're mm-hmm. like holding back, you're you know, not speaking your truth or not being yourself, you'll see it flare up in other ways. Can we talk about that? Um, you mentioned it briefly, that breakup, that kind of, after this, this book was, kind of born after that Um, because I know a lot of our listeners are either going through something like that or in transition or have been. Mm. So we'd love to just like your real take on what happened or how you rose up after, you know, something like that Mm. really kind of shut you down.
0: Okay. So to preface the next stages in the career that led up to the breakup um, and that In sharing this story, let's preface that this isn't where I am anymore lingering. When we share our tough and traumatic times, we will be able to allow others to feel that sense of relatability and saying, oh, I didn't know others hurt like I did. I didn't know that Candace wore a mask for 10 years. I didn't know that she held back her tears and put on a brave face because she didn't want people to know what happened to her. Cause I lived in fear and shame after this person did this to me. Um, and now I, I I don't blame the person for anything I wish them the best. And I cannot wait to meet the man of my dreams. I'm very excited for the opportunity to meet the right person now. Um, and if it wasn't for that, I tried to make everything work. And when it didn't, it was like, it was sort of like um, the ultimate, battle with myself, mm-hmm. like, why isn't this working? Like it was so great at this one point and acceptance and allowing and letting go is some of the most graceful work that we can do in our lifetime. So I moved to New York to be a writer after I started getting a lot of book deals. And I wrote for many magazines I had online columns at Men's Health, Women's Health. I had a column at Shape and Men's Fitness and then I was on the masthead of both of those magazines as their food editor at large. I went to every event. I hosted shows on E! I hosted shows for TLC, for Discovery Channel. For uh, I was on like a talking head on cooking channel shows and then also judged on Iron Chef America and Beat Bobby Flay. So I did a lot of media and most of it was unpaid. I was a regular on the Today Show, regular on Dr. Oz still mm-hmm. to this day. And actually Mehmet Oz is one of my greatest mentors Mm. in my career, an incredible person with a devout background and an incredible family behind him. What I learned after being a writer was, you know, people would send me an assignment and say, like, today we want you to write about how to cook for more sex and, Mm -hmm. you know, for the men's health reader. And I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, then that was really fun in my 20s. But now that I have shifted and I've gone through life and I've had people seriously virtually chew me up and spit me back out, slap me around and throw me. (laughs) around, um, we were saying that living in New York is slightly masochistic where you actually really like or tolerate pain well. Mm -hmm. And so the darkness of New York really started to cover up my life. I started dating the wrong men. I partied a lot. I probably went out with the wrong people. And I was always trying to like be somebody I really truly wasn't. Because at the end of the day, I'm silly. I'm goofy. I love my glasses. I like my mom. I like hanging out with my mom. I think she's the coolest person totally. in the world. She's like, you are always around here bothering me and your father. <laughs> we need our own time, okay? <laughs> By the way, you leave a mess here for me to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> so mom, um, we made those cookies for you guys this oh morning together. God. Mom made them too. Oh, mom made them too. She said, i want to measure this out. I was like, mom, fuck the measuring. Just throw the shit in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we gotta go. <laughs> so she's so Japanese. She teaches oh. Japanese language still down in San Diego, wow. culture, language, all wow. of it, two different schools. I met some of her students yesterday at the Hanamatsuri, which is like the Japanese flower festival. Mm. We raise funds for the kids every year for their school, for extracurricular work and things like that. And it was so amazing seeing other mixed kids that were really little. And now it's putting together all these pieces mm. of like what my calling is and why I'm doing this work. So back to the boyfriend split mm-hmm. magazine thing. So one of my editors um, at one of the men's mags, um, like we grew fond of each other because that happens when you work closely with other people that you're attracted to. And so um, we started like chilling on the side, and then before you knew it, like we were dating, and it was it was good. It was fun, and we had a great time. And he moved in, and you know we had a cute cat together. And and one day after a few years and we had talked about marriage and all that as well. I'd visited his family and vice versa. Um, He lost his job and he lost his visa and he fucking went behind my back and bought a ticket to fly home and showed up at our apartment one day and gave me 30 minutes or less to tell me that he was leaving on a plane that day. And I collapsed on the floor. I was sweating and crying and so was he. It was like one of those hot, sticky New York days God. And I remembered he went to go pick up socks to start frantically packing his last things. And I remember knocking them out of his hands and I said, sit down right now. Like, please sit and give me like five minutes. And at, at this time it was like the sweat had mixed in with the tears. Yeah. It was profoundly a moment in my life in which I look back on and say, I don't know how you got through that. But I had enough grace after he really low blow explained himself to walk him downstairs and I watched him get into a cab on Wall Street and the cab door closed and he drove away and he rolled his window down and he looked back at me. And then this like truck or something came and blocked the view and my life from that moment forward. And this is a few years ago now, but it was it was absolutely never ever ever the same again. And I mm. looked at things different for a long time. And I was um, mm, I know for anybody out there listening that's going through this now, this is going to be really really cathartic so for good. you. Yeah, so good. Yeah. I called his mom and I said, why did he do this? Did you know like what is going on? And I felt betrayed immediately. People went and did things behind my back that I trusted and they did it in my own like apartment. And, you know, the next day, a lot of people don't know this, but Clean Green Eats came out at the Deepak Shopper Center. I had the launch party the next day. So we're talking less than 24 hours later, I had to get up and speak in front of 200 strangers, colleagues, publishers, magazine editors, you name it, and give a speech at the Deepak Shopper Center. And my girlfriend, Kristen Arnett was my moderator. Thank God, yeah, literally. almost thank Carried God, yeah. thank God that my whole team was there. One of my assistants at the time wrote an email to everybody and said, I don't know if you guys know this. I, I don't want you to tell anybody, but uh, Candace's boyfriend left her and, it would be really good if you showed up tonight. And people came and I said, Mm. you do not cry. And it was very Mm. autopilot as my friend Michelle would say, you probably went into autopilot and you just gave it your all. And if I can get through that, that means that you can get through anything. I had a trip to Japan also planned right after that. Mm -hmm. So I got on that flight and I flew to Okinawa first. And I remember just like being there and being the saddest I had ever been in my life. And I, some people still didn't know what happened. And they were like, hey, do you guys wanna to go to this party together? <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, th- yeah, that that will happen for a while That'll for many in. people. Mm-hmm. And so then- never um, reached
2: out to you after?
0: Um, there was an ostracizing moment where I we watched him like yeah. I didn't, but yeah. I stopped posting on all social for about a week cause I was in shock. Yeah. And he continued, he landed, wherever he landed in Europe and and started posting pictures of him doing yoga. And and I remember being in the garage with my dad. I was like, dad, because of course I, after you have a breakup, you fly to your parents' yeah, house. That's just course. what you do. And I, I remember dropping off my cat, seeing my dad, my best friends there that had both been through traumatic breakups, picked me up, sat me down on a lawn by the lagoon in Carlsbad. And they were like, tell us what happened. Like, talk to us about everything those are good friends. Mm. You're gonna start seeing who your friends are and you're gonna start seeing the reality of how dark life can really get. And the reason why I wrote Kinsugi was you'll start to see there's an analogy to what Kinsugi is, that is the metaphor and anthem to your life. So we they dropped me off to dad and dad's like, the next day we I woke up and I got ready for my flight from LAX to Tokyo. And, he, and he's like, what Instagram? What? Who cares? And he like got really mad because I kept trying to tell him like I couldn't believe that he started posting For immediately. Sure. It was disgusting. Yeah. And mm. um, it just goes to show you though, like how shallow some people are and how important the unimportant things are to certain people. Mm. Like I really try to distance myself from those kinds of people now because they don't make you feel good and they make you question everything that you ever stood for like was was that relationship even real to this mm-hmm. person did they value the fact that we carried a, a great relationship for many years and you know what it's okay mm-hmm. at the end of the day everything is actually okay we're we're all looking for one thing and it's freedom mm-hmm. and it's freedom from all things that hurt and all the pain and all the ugly and the bad and the fake And I feel like when he did that, he actually set me free. Mm -hmm. And that's the kicker that you don't see. My light was so bright, he probably couldn't handle it. And I wasn't gonna dim for anybody. I wanna end up with a guy who's a fucking bad ass, like just as good, if not more, so we can be teammates. That's what I'm
1: looking for. Who sees you and is like inspired by you, but still can stand in his light comfortably and like just.
0: And I will be there for exactly him. a yeah. thousand and one percent biggest cheerleader. Like you go get it and you go crush it. And I know people that have found that, and I feel so grateful for them because that's what I'm not ultimately looking for, but that would be the ideal relationship to carry. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm really focused on Kintsugi Wellness as becoming this yeah. next level wellness like mm-hmm. journey people need to stop looking at the exteriors of wellness like signing up for yep. this class or what kind of mat you're on or you know they, they need to stop looking at stuff that's kind of like how do you say surfacy basic i guess yeah, yeah. basic's a great yeah. word but yeah that was um that's a, that's it in a nutshell and it was really really bad but at the same time great because i feel good. I wouldn't have written an amazing book if it wasn't for that time. And the chapters throughout the book, uh, Kintsugi, which is Mm. the art of golden repair, which is Mm, what you are when you're broken. Um, The Japanese see certain objects as such value that they'll put them back together with golden uh, lacquer and a golden powder. And that's what the book cover is, is it's like a glistening gold.
2: What about that? Like, so that was, I can, I mean, I can only imagine how painful and traumatic that was. What about that helped you to to more closely align with creating this book and like doing the messages that you want?
0: Well, I love this question because here's the truth in, mm-hmm. in and answer. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, mm-hmm. like I told you guys before, when we started chatting, my CPA was like, what happened this year? Mm. And I said- that was the year where everything just broke. That was the worst year. And it showed financially too as a small business owner that when you're broken, you're not gonna be able to monetize like your content or your work or your best self. Mm. And it will show in your small business. And I didn't want that as a Japanese American. I want my mother and father to be really proud of me. I want all of you too to see the realness in being broken. So what happened was um, I had written clean green drinks and clean green eats did really well. And then I was like running into Harbor Collins with a new proposal, like, you know holding my shit together at this point. Like it had been enough time had passed where I was like, I'm getting to get back out there and I'm gonna kill this. Mm. And at a certain point you stop thinking about dating because it's like more important to work on yourself and mm. to put back together your pieces in order for you to be a great, great partner for somebody new one day. And so my editor Julie was like, Candace, you are not writing Clean Green Wellness and you're not writing Clean Green and Clear, which was my, my curing your acne book idea. Mm. She's like, you're gonna write your Japanese book. Wow.
2: You're just like, I'm Japanese. You're like, how'd
1: she
0: know? Exactly. Sitting there with a tray of cookies in front of me, of course. I mean, it's customary in Japanese culture to show up with a gift. So So sweet. So juicy. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm not going to write the Japanese book. What are you talking about? You crazy person. I just had a breakup, you know, like whatever was on my mind. And then, and then I was like, okay. And like that day I had to go back home and rewrite a new proposal for her. And I was like, oh my God, you are not in your twenties anymore. And you're not like the girl on top chef Mm. and you're not the girl that's going to almost make it on food network. Like you've, you have a new calling that was forced. My hand was forced because people told me no. Thank God too. Right. The breakup, The jobs ending, the pilot never getting lit, the lifetime people telling me that I was too pretty and thin and cool, all of the no's and the bad things helped me to stand back on my feet and say, you know what, fall down seven times, stand up eight, because that's what the Japanese do. And we work with Kaizen, which is continuously improving our brand, our lives our motto. So you will get back up and you will do better than you did over the last few years. Each book I write will be better than the last, absolutely a thousand and one percent. You better fucking believe it Mm -hmm. because I would be damned if I put something out there that I wasn't wholeheartedly proud of. Mm. And not to mention this book in writing this, as I was writing the new proposal for her, this book had to be an anthem of strength and unity. And it had to be for my parents and it had to be honorable for the Japanese because this is a nation that has endured more resilience and more horrors of war than any other nation. And let me say many nations have undergone the horrors of war. My family just happens to come from Poland and Japan, which are two countries that have seen the most suppression throughout the war if not some of the most cuz there's you know there are many countries that went through horrible things if we think that not getting a big instagram following or somebody sending you a snap or like not being invited to someone's party or not going to someone's wedding is the biggest deal in the world we need to rethink what trauma and horrible, like terrible things really are. Because when I went and interviewed people that survived World War II into their 80s, these were people sharing their stories with me that their own grandchildren had never heard. And then they sadly, Nobusan, who we interviewed in Okinawa, passed away really shortly after our interview. And I thought this, this is what wellness is. What wellness is is being resilient when you see American troops showing up and telling you, the Japanese were telling the Okinawans, the Americans are gonna kill you. And then the Americans knew that the Japanese would kill the Okinawans if they didn't adapt to Japanese culture. It There's so much history behind mm-hmm. everything. And Okinawa was berated, like they they were overtaken by Japan and then the U.S. and then later returned to Japan. But they were their own nation at one point. So they went through massive, resilient changes in what we call shikata ganai, it cannot be helped. It's a Japanese anthem and a chapter in the book about letting it go because a lot of things just can't be helped. So you're gonna have to come to the realization that you're gonna have to adjust your sails you're not going to see other people do it for you. As you're just saying, Krista, mm-hmm. the networks are never going to change. Mm-hmm. And those, sorry to say this, but old white men at the top, mm-hmm. they're not going to change either. It's mm-hmm. like stale old bread. Yeah, it's yeah. like stale <laughs> old bread, honestly. Truly, <laughs> really, but wow. um,
1: uh, speaking... Uh, of the art form, I feel like just the culture itself is just so centered around art form. Like, so how have you, um, kind of translated into the book, like the art form of nourishing your body,
0: of eating well, of, you know, being resilient, So my grandfather was an impressionist painter throughout Japan and my aunt Kyoko Kumai is, um, she has a permanent collection at the MoMA. She does Mm. steel wool tapestry and then she also is a professor out in Tokyo. Um, I came from a family of artists And to deny that part of my childhood and upbringing and heritage was because, as American kids, we're born to think that if we're immigrants or we're different, that we don't fit in and we're not cool, we're not going to be accepted. So, what Julie, my editor, did was she forced me to write a book that was always in me and it was always in my family and it was supposed to it was supposed to be me carrying a legacy through mm. while helping the next generation like millennials and gen y are all me like i'm i'm like i am a pioneer for this generation to watch in real life in real time and i see that and i take it on with great honor um and i will be a good example and a real one at that for all women to watch because it's incredible to see the progress but What happened was I didn't know what the chapters were going to be. So I love answering the question of like, how did you know how to write this book? Because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. It took me being broken. Mm. It took me shaming myself for what happened. It took Mm. me... Losing my faith in New York and the work that I did, it took me losing faith in the wellness industry, Mm. like clickbait, money, power, greed, beauty. These were the things that we were basing wellness off of. No, Mm. not when I went to Japan and I sat in the dirt in the caves with mosquitoes all over my body. And my sister and I were in the biggest fight ever in the middle of a sweltering summer, looking at where Okinawans had to hide during the war through a historian's like, like one day he just took us to all the battle sites and all the caves. And these are not pretty caves. These are caves that will make you remember what it was like to die somewhere and to have your last breaths living in fear and hiding in a cave from everyone. Just just imagine what these people had to go through. Mm. And uh, when I went to Hiroshima, I learned about how the entire town now is a an offering of Kintsugi in itself. The entire town is an art form that is rebuilt. It's uh, from the strength of a nation. And what's so honorable about the Japanese is, is they welcome the new while cherishing the old. And as a Japanese American, while writing this book, I figured out I can write about what I grew up with and what I learned over the last 10 years in Japan from a Japanese American girl's perspective. I am my mother's daughter, a storyteller. She will never tell you what happened to her country. The Okinawans that were put into the internment camps will never tell you what happened to them. Mm. But when we learn, we can share, and this shit is real. You can't make up gaman, which is with great resilience. You can't make up shikata ganai, it cannot be helped. You cannot make up wabi-sabi, celebrating imperfection because these are traits that the nation possessed for centuries. and it's it is part instilled into who they are ingrained as Japanese people. So James and I once spoke about being a bridge. And so see that as a next step into your life. You're a bridge, we all are. You're a messenger, We all are. and there's something inside of you, that you're going to be able to help other people. And that's a term in Japan called osetai, is being of service to others. So when millennials and Gen Ys see their careers shaped while helping others, we tend to find a lot more gratitude and meaning behind our work. And that's why Kintsugi Wellness became this book that will change the game And I took a lot of chances and my mother helped me to translate it. And I had editors in Tokyo and I learned how to cook under a uh, Japanese uh, chef instructor in Tokyo. And she actually used to write for Gourmet in the New York Times. And she sat me down in Tokyo one day and she's like, I need us to organize your book. So it had gone through many phases. And she's like, it's awesome, but it's like a journey. And you're gonna have to pick your like 10 favorite words And you're going to just go with that. Mm. And as a chef, I couldn't deny the recipes. I mean, that's a whole nother chapter of being another bridge. Mm -hmm. Like cooking Japanese food with California elements was my childhood. Mm. And I denied it because it was like, again, like you, when traumatizing things happen to you, like a lot can come up. And so when that ex left me, there was shame and guilt and trauma. Like, what did I do? Like, what could I help? And as a kid, I felt that a lot, you know, like, why are they making fun of me? Like, I feel this big, Mm. like, what can I do to change? Like, how can I fit in? How can I get them to love me? Mm. And I think that is where I told myself enough. And every train ride in Japan, tears would come out and I was sealing my own golden cracks without realizing it. And now I have the honor of sharing my story and I never, ever thought in a million years I would be sitting here talking to you ladies or to, yeah, (laughs) ever. No, girl, you are the cutest. And this is a really honorable day because you are my audience and I. Mm. it's not middle America. It never has been. I'm not going to fucking change who I am for them. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Let it be the podcasts that end up changing a new generation because God bless you guys for being Mm -hmm. you. Because Mm -hmm. when you are yourself, you are shining. And when you shine, you allow everyone else to be their best self and come just as you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might look fabulous for you today, but I definitely don't look super fab like every day. You You know, like- No. Every day.
2: You mentioned something too, speaking of looking mm. fab, about now you feel more comfortable in your skin and you feel like your self-care routine is on point. What what is that now? Like what does that look like that's making you feel so good?
0: Wow, this is a great question. So um it's cool, like what is complimentary in your mid-30s is when people are like, Oh my god, like you look amazing. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Like I was buying a JLo jumpsuit at at guests for the Wendy Williams show like last week. And the girl was like, how old are you? I was like, I'm not going to tell you, but (laughs) how old do you think? (laughs) Exactly. And she was dying because she's like, wow, you look so amazing. And I'm like, well, I work out. So I do bar method, pure bar or yoga. And the yoga is like yoga sculpt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do spin classes. So like there's always soul or flywheel. And I do meditation every day because I don't, want to harbor on anger or bad things. And I'm really letting go of all these things that happened to me through childhood, people teasing me, people uh, treating me like crap, like all of that. And I also unfollowed a lot of people I just don't really like anymore. Love and that. that will change through the years. You're gonna notice Good like, one. does this person really support me? Does this person like my work? Does this? Would this person go out and buy my book? If the answer's Mm -hmm. no, and it could be anything for you, it could be just like, does this person make me feel good? Does this person make me feel like I'm capable and well? And if the answer is no, I just unfollow. Um, I have a great little cat that I've had since college and I love animals. I think they're the best thing Mm -hmm. in the world. I only hang out with my friends that make me feel good. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to like let go of the people that just don't make me feel good anymore it's such a huge part of wellness. Mm-hmm. I think people
1: can be mm-hmm. doing all the things. They can be drinking the green juice. They can be going <laughs> to the workouts. They can right. be getting these treatments and that. But if you don't have authentic connections, if you are not taking time for yourself, if you know, it's it's like that secret sauce that no yeah. one's really talking about. And also, I can imagine like after that breakup and after that period in your life, it was like a regeneration of like mind, body, soul. Like, so no wonder you look and feel younger and more vibrant. Like it's almost like that life, that chapter was like put to rest and you're able to just like be you and completely kind of new. And, but it shows, it totally shows.
0: Oh my God, you guys are going to make me cry. Um, You also took a deep breath in the middle of that and I think that's another thing that we need to do is we need to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be. To yeah. <laughs> True. But we do it all the time on air. We,
1: do. we always breathe. Yeah.
2: We yeah. actually, I had a somewhat listener come up to me yeah. and she was like, I love your podcast. Cause I always remember to breathe.
1: Yeah. yeah. We breathe. A- yeah. Just because also our minds are like running so hard that like, yeah. we forget that. Like, I mean, we're sitting down with you. Right. And, we have whatever was coming up this week and our minds could be tr- starting to wander, but that deep breath just brings us like right back here. Yeah. And like, cause we don't want to miss anything that we're doing. It's like, so it's so special.
0: I you know? think um, one of the greatest wellness practices I've learned and also um, I don't call myself this, but Elle Magazine called me the golden girl of wellness. And um, that's a title where people are like, God, it couldn't be more perfect because- mm. From Cali, I um, I wrote this book on golden repair. I don't know how everything started yeah, to align. Yeah. But one thing that I really want to say that I think girls will relate to is part of wellness means being a real person and being a kind person. You can't practice yoga one day and show people a million different things you're doing for self-care and then be rude and mean and thoughtless for others. And there are other people in this industry, and they mm-hmm. are um, they probably know who they are and they're not nice. And uh me and my friends, like Kat Tanita and stuff, we talk about it and it hurts our feelings because um they're like clicky or they think they're better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And for any of you, uh I once had a photographer on my team come to me crying and I said, girl. What is going on? And she's like, I just can't be a part of this like club. Like all these photographers on Insta like Mm -hmm. are in a pod or ring together. And I don't, I've been offered to be in many of them, but I don't do them anymore. Cause quite frankly, my time is better spent writing, creating content, creating recipes, spending time with my family, like going on dates, like being with friends, laughing, joking, going to, you know, make these cookies for you guys. My time is better spent Mm. doing real life shit. And so I worry and pray for the people that have been mean to me for the last like decade of my career. Um, Some of the girls in my mind stand out like recent. What's weird is when I meet other women like us that are Mm -hmm. real, uh, they go, oh my God that's happened to me too with the same person. Oh yeah, I've done the same thing. Yeah. It's really rude. Had the same convo. Yeah. And I hope that this message can get back to mm-hmm. them, like wake up and start living real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now with the glorious algorithms, you don't have to post every day. Yeah. You just have to be a good person mm-hmm. to the yeah. core. Yeah. And if you don't know what that means, my God, I will pray for you, but please go out and do something for others find a purpose other than posting like stories Mm. all the time, find a purpose and volunteer at a shelter, volunteer at a soup kitchen, help the boys and girls club, go work for a charity. I work with City Harvest, the Salvation Army. My father volunteers at the Boys and Girls Club and a soup kitchen. My mother works for all the kids uh, for the Japanese schools. And Mm -hmm. I work with the US-Japan Council, the Japan Society, uh, the Resolution Project, City Harvest, which I think I mentioned, um, and the Dr. Oz's Health Corps and Wellness in the Schools. And all this, what it does is it's a cycle of watching the older generation and generations that are much older that are running the charities see people and women like us joining and saying, oh my God, thank God that these girls have altruistic hearts and philanthropic souls because it will help the next generations. And if you really care about wellness, then you'll take time to look inside of yourself and take your mask off and start being a real person because that is what wellness truly is at the end of the day. It's doing bad things and doing good things and ultimately trying your very best and accepting that everybody else is doing their best as well. So I just, I pray for those people and I hope that they will see that you don't really know what people are going through every day. So it really is best to just be kind.
2: hmm yeah.
0: Amen. Yeah,
2: we've had that too.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's women too, you know, yeah. it's just kind of, it's a default setting for a lot of people. I think to be judgmental, to just like, look at, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. I, it's when they're not as evolved, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's so really f- what I it, it like is, with you with guys? The podcast,
2: I feel like with the podcast know.
1: too, like, it would be
2: really hard for me to not be myself if you met me. You know, for how many hours? I mean, if someone has listened to almost 30 from the beginning, you have heard me for a week, two weeks. Honestly, you've heard you've heard me. You know, like it'd be hard for me to be fake. That's why I love podcasting so much is because I can get on an Instagram
1: story so and true. I could
2: turn on music. I could be like, this is me and it's Sunday and in my
0: pajamas for 20 seconds. It's so true. You can't hide on a podcast. You can't hide on a podcast. And you don't need to be fabulous looking mm-hmm. because it's not about- Materialistic physical beings mm-hmm. it's about the content mm-hmm. and it's about the message and it's the storytelling mm-hmm. and the more real connections that we have through the pods mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all I did with Rosie Acosta the other day was we just laughed the whole time and made fun mm-hmm. of everything and <laughs> and then like with Sahara Rose, it was like, oh wow like like we're the same, like we are discriminated mm. against. And we both didn't know until we started sharing our stories, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's okay. Like those those women, I want you guys to know they always exist. And, mm-hmm. and I'm a five, eight, you know, former model who's half Japanese and has written many books and people are still not nice to me every day, all day, on email, in person, in real life. I get told no all the time. And I have a lot of insecurities that I work on to try to keep my confidence mm. up because it looks like from my Instagram account that I'm the most confident, powerful, like beautiful person. Mm-hmm. And in actuality, everyone's highlight reel is on Insta. And we have to realize that this isn't about comparison anymore. For For someone like us, it's about a business mm-hmm. strictly and if you're smart, like one day I want all of us to talk about biz because I think mm-hmm. that's where you guys are opening up a platform for young women to, to watch. And I commend you both, Krista and Linz, for, for following your heart and your minds and the way you met and for taking your masks off. Because mm-hmm. if more women were real like both of you, I think people would feel a lot more comfortable in just pajamas and a hair up in a pony and mm-hmm. being like, fuck it, I'm gonna eat cookie dough all day mm-hmm. and watch Shark Tank in bed. Yeah, And think about like, how did Mark Cuban get to wear
2: his?
0: <laughs> 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 I love that him. is the truth. <laughs> I think
2: sometimes too with um, people not being uh, friendly is, I think sometimes they think, cause I'm so nice that I'm dumb. So it's like,
0: you are so nice and not well, dumb at all. Yeah,
2: exactly. So if, really like, if I am fool, really sweet right? and very nice yeah. at first, they kind of think I'm dumb, you know? So that's, I feel like happens too, is where people have like a guard up and they, they, they think that being reserved or be not reserved is the wrong word, being um, closed off is kind of a sign of being smarter than someone, you know? Because you're kind of, it's not cool to be nice or funny or, or it's not cool to be really friendly sometimes.
0: Yeah, they think that's, you're faking it for their yeah. benefit. And you're yeah. like, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah,
2: but yeah, yeah that's neat. I neither will nor say
0: to your point, um, my friend Marcel and I have talked about this. She's a highly talented mm. graphic artist who actually helped me to create mm. the Japanese maps and the watercolor cool. in the book. And when you flip through the pages, mm-hmm. you'll see kimono art. That's actually the kimono that my grandmother gave my mother oh. before she left Japan for the US. Mm. And we, Marcella and I changed it into a watercolor fabric. Mm. So that's the map she created. So So what her and I talked about Beautiful. Where James is, is from.
1: James, I was gonna say James is, so,
0: is going to be so happy that we said his this name so many episodes. times. This podcast is dedicated to James Higa, yeah. our kind of man. It is. All right, Number so, one. Number one. Number <laughs> one. So what's so interesting is Marcella and I are both pretty darn good at what we do. Both of mm. us. I can write well. I can execute recipes. Mm-hmm. And now I know how to photograph my own content and actually yeah, you produce and direct. Yeah, you do your photos? Yeah. I actually pho- do photograph everything. the whole book. That is what it's so Dang, impressive. Your, your
2: are pictures fa- are fucking oh. insane. It's
1: insane. You're so nice. You do everything, but that's the Whoa. thing. You learn all the skills. You learn yeah. all the motherfucking skills. You have to skills. learn them. You're
0: right. But what we both saw was that people Just. were taking advantage of us because we're nice. And, and we are really good at what we do. And then they would take advantage of her and I. Like there are photographers and food stylists over the years who've been really mean to me. And- and Marcella one day who would never ever yell was like, you better tell them to stop treating you this way. They're doing it and they they know they're doing it and mm. they're doing it because they're trying to take advantage of your niceness and you are not gonna allow them to do that anymore. And the way that you can do that as an independent is to never hire them again mm-hmm. and learn from it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, the, the book yeah. is a collaboration of everything I've learned, mm-hmm. um, whether I wanted to learn it or not, was it my choice. Yeah. Can so tell Chloe's managing us and she could be mean to people
2: for
1: us. <laughs> Chloe's we our producer. We just need a manager Chloe. to get yeah. our,
0: producer, our yeah. producer. Oh, wow.
1: Have her come to the party. She's, a, oh, she'll be there. She's, she's, she'll be there. She's she'll be the there. best. She'll
0: be, oh my she'll be on a leash though. And we need to give some of these away. We do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so somebody will, juicy. Oh, our girls would love that. It's such a good, heartfelt, like, like We want it, it to be a too. perennial book.
2: On a more surface level, Japanese food, like what are the health benefits of Japanese food? Like what's some of the like, why would someone want to cook um, some of these amazing Japanese
0: ingredients? And good question. So the book is self-help plus um, we knew that nourishment was part of Mm. self-care. So uh, as a former chef, like, and still like a chef, but writer now, I had to put 50 Japanese Cali recipes in there. So here's what we know about Japanese culture. The longest living uh, female just passed away very recently at 117 and she lived south of Tokyo and she, it was hard to watch the video um, because she looked like my grandma right before she passed away. Graham lived till she was 96 and she didn't walk or talk at the end, but my mom and I went and held her hand at the hospital every day before she passed. And it was during Mm. uh, the breakup. So it was really hard to have somebody on the other side of the world, like not care that I was going through that at all. And all we did was hold her hand. And I remembered seeing the window with the rain because rainy season in Japan is like summer. Mm. And looking at the mountains and thinking like, True wabi-sabi is found in these moments of grievances where it's not all going to be beautiful. And there's also a Japanese tome called Mono no Aware, which means accepting the pathos and darkness and sad times in life. So the Japanese are raised with these mindsets already because they got a bad deal as far as geographically going speaking, Mm -hmm. earthquakes, Tsunamis, tsunamis, yeah really bad sweltering, yeah, storms. First and foremost, they change their mindset, which is what you'll learn in Mm. the book, ancient wise. Mm. They practice things like harahachibu, which means after you're 80% full, you'll know. It's kind of like having an orgasm. Stress. You'll know. Yeah. He'll just. Yeah, know. I'm literally. I'm
2: like 80. <laughs> I'll help <laughs> or like you. Like to 120? Go yeah. 120. At <laughs> no. 100 of that.
0: She got the ganai. She got the ganai. He helped? Okay, so 80 percent. You stop eating okay. before you eat your meal. You say itadakimasu, and it means I accept this meal. Mm. Let's eat. I celebrate everybody that was part of it. The end of the meal, you say gochiso sama deshita. It thanks and pays tribute and gratitude to everybody who is part of the meal and the chef or the mom or the dad who cooked or could partner, anybody or cat. And then we eat a lot of fermented foods by nature. So there's soy sauce, there's natto, And there's uh, miso, which I encourage everybody to start cooking with miso paste now. And they eat a lot of sea veggies, vegetables, Mm -hmm. fruits, and um, their sweets are not too sweet. Like yesterday we made shaved ice with adzuki beans and matcha powder that's all a little sweetened. Mm -hmm. And it's called kintoki and we had it and it just brings back these really vibrant childhood memories. And if you wanna talk about real matcha, I know my family goes back many, generations and they taught me about matcha powder at a young age the benefits in matcha include antioxidants vitamin c l-theanine which helps you to stay focused and chill Mm. while having a little spurt of caffeine that's streamlined so it's not jolty like coffee so for all those boys who like microdosing and shit you don't even need to do that anymore guys you can just drink matcha yeah it's like ancient shit that like I'm telling you when when I revealed what i learned over the years from the monks in Koyasan and Shikoku Island, I learned of um, eating less meat and more from all the elements that are handed to us. So there's a term in the book you'll learn about called shojin ryori, and it means devotional harmonious cuisine that the monks eat. It's made with no meat, no animal products, and they use root to leaf, all cooking from all parts but no meat. So it's not a new thing to be vegan, Mm -hmm. it's ancient. Mm -hmm. And our monks teach us a lot when Mm -hmm. it comes to resilience, toleration, toleration if that's a word, tolerating things like Mm -hmm. they had no heat in the temple in the middle of the cold. And it was so cold when we would do our prayers at six in the morning together that I could see my breath come out And they chanted for an hour every morning um, in prayer for the rest of the world. And what that means is there's also a realization that the monks have that darkness indeed does exist everywhere. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing the prayers for so long and devotionally. Mm. So if you can imagine moving to the mountains, shaving your head because it's a sign of not caring or looking at vanity and living as a purist as a monk for the rest of your life, devotionally speaking, that on my scale of wellness is the highest. It's not what we're looking at in the US right now. And I would plea for everybody to please read this book because it will give you perspective Mm. on what is important in life. And it is not material things. It is not about getting married. It is not about how hot your husband is. It is not about your Instagram account Mm. or your following. It is about who you are and your offerings for others. Because right now more than ever, people need a sense of relief and they need a sense of fitting in and community. And and the Japanese have these incredible practices that we can learn from and you can take them or leave them. But for the most part, I've seen people read through this with tears, people that have had eating disorders, people that had suicides in their family, people with family members who are diagnosed with cancer, people that just came off of horrible divorces and breakups. Everyone has been writing to me. And I love that we're doing this pod Mm. two weeks after the book's out because it gives me a little bit of a depiction of who's reading it. And it's really a lot of women who are just searching for themselves and for healing and grace and Mm -hmm. I pray that everybody is granted serenity and grace. Sometimes life isn't about winning. It's not about the followers. It's not about the success. It's about enduring, being, living, giving, and how gracefully you let go of the things just certainly not meant for you. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: Beautiful. I know. Good one.
0: That speaks to, I think, a
1: lot of like what our generation goes through. They just hold, we hold on so hard to what we think it was going to be and what it should look like and feel like and sound like. And so many of the ailments that we experience or maybe like some blocks we're having physically or just mentally, spiritually are rooted in not being able to let go. It's
0: so true. It's beautiful.
1: I'm so excited for everyone to read this. Mm -hmm. Um, We could talk forever. Truly. I know. I know. (laughs) We truly could. It's
2: crazy. This is... Yeah, we truly could.
0: We'll do a part two. Yeah, we could. if we, could, yeah. If we, could, if we yeah. could, that would be amazing. <laughs> would you mind? We'll come to your parents.
2: You yeah, are, mom, has to come. On. Come on. mom has to come. I would love. Mom has to come. Hi, my name is
0: Kumai Sensei and I'm on the Almost 30 podcast. Oh my God, I would
2: love her. <laughs> um, so what's one message you want to leave with our audience of women?
0: Oof. Devotionally speaking, I would love for you to take time on yourself and to let up on you a little bit and not be so hard on you. And and this is advice I need to take. Yeah. Mm, like I have the biggest crush like I was saying earlier on this one person right now and I just wait like to find out I know. After? Oh my god, it's yeah, so juicy. <laughs> yeah. It's so juicy. <laughs> I have
1: this weird sense of I kind who of do it too. Is. It's weird. So I don't wait, know wait, why. I'm Are you seeing an aura I'm right just, now. I know. Oh oh. Shut <laughs> I wonder if this is true. This is true. this is true, what? I'm gonna freak what? out. What is feedback. it? That juicy? Sorry.
0: Oh God, we got. We just so we just crazy. freaked out, and
1: the monitor feedback went off again. That's okay.
0: No. Oh no! Oh, I- he's a close friend. Damn, he's a this close friend. Rats. Okay, you're pretty darn close, though. Okay, we'll talk. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll talk. Okay, it, we'll, we'll see. You never know. I yeah. love
1: this, but I feel I so feel mm-hmm. that. It's so funny. You're you're so open and ready, and not in a way that's like superficial and desperate. It's just like you are so in your light and speaking your truth that like, I almost like feel him coming.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? I just Aww. feel, I feel
2: so excited, but I also just feel sometimes bad for women like you guys that are such at a level. There are not as many men that are at a level that you are that can handle. Do you feel like that? I feel like that. I always. feel like
1: that. I feel like that. Like I'm like, I don't, I. There there's are some so, amazing people, there but are. there's, it's, it's a hard. Um, it's a different type of. Connection to have.
2: Awareness to have that they need to be so grounded in who they they are because they need to hold themselves and you. Hold
0: space for you.
2: It's hard. You guys are
0: are spot on. It takes a really strong and courageous and confident guy to handle a really like all around cool woman. Like, And I don't want any of you to hinder your greatness or Mm -hmm. your light because you're gonna find the right guy who will love, like I, I, I'm only saying this because it's what I've heard, but I've been called a goddess by more men than I can count in mm. my lifetime. And it started very young yeah. and it's mm. not just about physical appearance. It's like, even the ones who have said it are like, I can't, I can't even handle yeah, you. It's, mm. that, it's that thing they yeah. say when they're walking away and you're like, yep. yeah. all right.
2: A lot of mine said I should be a hairdresser. <laughs> That's what
0: they said to me.
2: <laughs> That's, was, uh, hey, my, see you later, Kristen. You comedy. should be a hairdresser. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I was born with this hair. It's not like a skill. It was because oh I had God, good hair. Got... They're like, hair, hey, oh, hairdresser.
0: You are so cute. What would the, what was your, what's your line when they're walking um, away? Mine
2: was always like, I could marry you or or we should get married, but
1: then they'd, yeah, I, I've of only course. been done Yeah, it, yeah. It's well. A lot of it is me walking away.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Do you know. Uh, we should talk about that one day. Yeah. Another pod, yeah. another time. It's Dedicated so to pod. James Tiga. Yeah. Higa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dedicated <laughs> to all the
2: men
1: that Lindsay walked away from. No, it's it's not even that. It's not me breaking hearts. <laughs> it's just it gets
0: juicy. You know. We'll Girl, talk, I'm, we'll with, talk about I'm with it. you. I've done that
1: too. It's hard because you just. i done that too. Hell, it yeah. is. You have love I, for you them when and
0: all that, but you just. You know it's not quite right. Of, of mm. course. So. And remember, let up. And I'm I'm telling mm-hmm. that that is the one thing um in the book you'll learn about which means take That's great good. care. Mm. And then you'll also learn about Like it cannot be helped. Yeah. So you must let it go. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to learn
1: those words. Mm-hmm. I almost want that to be like a mantra for a day. De- you know what I mean? Powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah. They find you? Plug it on the
0: internet. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go. Get
2: ready for the giveaway too. We're giving away. <laughs> Whoa,
0: yeah. yeah. Three, so three copies mm-hmm. of the book. Kintsugi Wellness, The Japanese Art of Nourishing Mind, Body, and Spirit. It's the most beautiful <laughs> book <laughs> I've it ever seen. It, literally, it's going to go on my it's table. It's going to be gorgeous there. So they can find me. You guys, I'm on Instagram under Candice Kumai, C-A-N-D-I-C-E. K u U M A I. Can't mm-hmm. spell my own name today. Um, also same spelling for my uh website, mm-hmm. candiskumai.com, C A N D I C E K U M Mary A I. But you can DM me on Insta. That's usually the best feedback for me is to mm, see what you think of the book, what you think of the journey, and like just write to me. And and I know that your listener is mine, especially on Insta, so I can't wait to see what you guys think. And
1: oh man, they're
0: they're gonna great. blow yeah. you up. Oh no. Oh. Uh, Oh, they will. No. Oh, get yeah. ready. Honey. Get
1: ready. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great. We're so excited for you. Two weeks mm-hmm. since the launch. Yay. I mean, I feel like this is just the beginning.
0: It really day. is. So, so don't so think it's only when you are 30. It start, Magic just starts to happen the day that you- When you decide
2: that magic is gonna happen.
0: And you take your mask off and you tell yes. your truth. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to take
2: my cystic acne mask off. <laughs> <laughs> it's off.
0: <laughs>
1: I am free. Uh, all right, guys. We love you so much. Love you. We uh, know you're just going to Get excited freak out about the giveaway. About this episode. So join our secret Facebook group. Let's chat about it. And thank you in advance for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. You know it means the world to us. And we'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Candice Kumai, everybody. What a doll.
2: what a freaking doll she I mean she's an again real deal like super smart, super driven, so sweet she's like sweeter in person. I mean she's such an amazing
1: angel and she's so smart mm-hmm. so smart like always wanting to learn like on, always learning what she needs to learn in order to move forward yep Does that a hundred percent yeah yeah. Because um, I think sometimes people get like really scared about like diving into something completely new and starting from zero. And she's just she just does it. She puts her head down and does it. So you can get her book Kintsugi Wellness now everywhere books are sold. Um, go on to Amazon. It's, mm-hmm. easy. it's it to gorgeous. It's sitting
2: home. right here by my front door. It's, and it's actually Justin on my coffee been... table. Oh yeah, it's a great coffee table book. Me and Justin have been leafing through it.
1: Oh yeah, story time because mm-hmm. it's I the
2: Japanese that. element.
1: Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. so cute um you can connect with candace at candace Kumai.com or candace kumai on instagram yeah we're pumped and we'll see you guys on tour get ready we're coming get for, ready, you. I get for you Get we're <laughs> practicing our choreography now can you imagine if, like, the beginning actually, of that's our like, events. Yeah, it's actually kind of, like, my
2: fantasy to, like... I Sometimes <laughs> when I'm running to music, I, like, put on a cool song. I'm like, I oh, wish I could come out to the crowd to this. Totally. And I don't mean that in, like, a Tony Robbins way. Like, come out to a crowd that's
1: waiting for me. Because it's ASAP just like, Rocky and it wouldn't be the same, but, like...
2: <laughs> yeah, just, like, that it'd be really fun to, like, dance with everyone to, like, some totally. cool music.
1: Maybe we will. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We'll drop down low. Um, All right, guys, we love you. Thanks so much in advance for sharing with your friends and subscribing, rating, and reviewing. You guys are the best. So we will see you next week.